0: A Life in Construction podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Watson Bowman Acme. Since 1950, Watson Bowman Acme has provided the commercial construction industry with the highest quality expansion joints available. Carrying the internationally recognized Weibo brand of products, we are able to meet the movement, loading and waterproofing demands of any commercial project. Not just a product supplier, our promise is to be your strongest partner for expansion joints and responsible solutions. Visit us on the web at wbacorp.com.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm John Manning, and welcome to another edition of A Life in Construction. Today's guest is Dave Fuller, Technical Service Lead with Master Builder Solutions. Today's topic is new technology in the construction industry. Dave has a multifaceted background in this industry, including waterproofing, specialized flooring, concrete repair products, including semi-titious materials, epoxies, methacrylates, and grouting. He also has an excellent background working with high performance sealants and high performance deck coatings, and other various products used to waterproof a building or a parking structure. Dave has done numerous trainings in the industry for SWRI and ACI. He is well-respected in the industry for his knowledge and just being a pretty cool dude. You can even find Dave on YouTube doing numerous trainings over the, with various products from Master Builders. Dave, before we get started, give us a little background about yourself, your job responsibilities, and I'm sure I missed a few other things that you've been involved in in the industry over the years. Uh, go ahead and give us a little bit background on that, please. Yeah.
0: Thanks, John. And uh, you make me sound very impressive. So you can keep talking about me if you want. I mean, I'm, I'm fine just listening to all this, all these accolades.
1: Well, <laughs> hey, listen, you had a pretty good mentor, too, with Robin as well, right? So uh, That's
0: true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah so I, I've been in the industry about 30 years. Uh, I worked when I was a kid at a paint factory up in uh, Connecticut and just, uh, you know, had a, had a passion for the industry as I was exposed to it. Um, my first job out of college, I was a coatings inspector, uh, for, for the same paint company. Um, and, uh, just through a number of changes, uh, but mainly I've been, a you know, in a technical capacity, uh, around coatings, like you said, flooring, uh, you know, through various companies. So it's about, it's about 30 years. Um, and again, you mentioned the training I've, uh, I didn't really have a technical degree, so to speak. I was an English political science major in college, right. um, but I did recently, a few years ago, I received my master's in adult education. Uh, it really helped me with my training responsibilities, and uh, training does take up a lot of uh, a lot of my responsibilities as a technical services lead. Uh, but I also am uh, active in our claims and complaint management process. Uh, you know, I do a lot of troubleshooting out in the field. I also work with our R and D uh, and scientists on uh, new product development and field trials of new materials. Uh, so it's it, it's an interesting job because I get to do a lot. And you know, you, you know, you have sure. a very similar job. You, you know, it's different every day. You're doing something different. Like today, you're doing a podcast, and it's you know, it's kind of cool.
1: Right. Right. Great. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, like I said, well-rounded, uh, respected individual. Uh, some of the training you do, Dave. You're involved with SWRI. Can you talk about that or ACI?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, You know, a lot of the trainings, uh, SWRI trainings we do, uh, our our programs are are validated for, you know, our our deck coatings. We have a multi-day deck coatings training that's uh, validated through SWRI. Uh, we also have a multi-day wall coatings training for vertical surfaces that was validated uh, by SWRI, and and once a year, uh, you know, not this past year with some of the some of the issues we faced for in-person training, but uh, we have kind of condensed versions that we work with SWRI in different cities. We did one uh, two years ago in Miami. Uh, we've done a couple in Dallas, and those are just kind of smaller condensed, you know, one-day trainings. Uh, but put on through SWRI, and they they register their members uh, for these trainings. So we work very closely with with SWRI. They have a great uh, committee for 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 technical training. Uh, so we we work closely with SWRI, uh, ACI, and uh, ICRI. I do a lot of you know just one hour webinars for those groups, whether it's at, at the local chapter level. Uh, I have a webinar coming up on the national level for. ICRI. Uh, that's, I think, in September. So, so uh, I'm pretty active with those
1: organizations. Dave, those those acronyms you're throwing out there, and you and I are talking about. Can you can you give a explain what they mean and what what they yeah. are?
0: Yeah, The ICR ICRI is the International Concrete Repair Institute. Uh, ACI is the American Concrete Institute. These organizations are all the stakeholders in the industry from, you know, from manufacturers like me and scientists that work with me, uh, to the installers, to the specifiers. They're organizations where, you know, we can all come together and, and provide, you know, documents and, uh, you know, processes in the industry, to to create you know kind of benchmarks. Uh, perfect example are uh, what we call uh, concrete surface profile, and that's uh, you know when you're doing concrete repair or you know putting a coating down, it's right. it's it's the level of profile that you want to get on that that substrate so you get a good bond. Well, ICRI has, puts together these chips, and all the manufacturers kind of follow those. You know, it's a, a concrete surface profile. And it's a level one all the way through ten, and so they that's it's a perfect example where it just sets a benchmark across the industry. So we're we're kind of all talking the same language, and it, it really takes a lot of the guesswork out of uh, for for some of our
1: installers. Yeah, I mean, and that's really important. I mean, setting that benchmark to, to have you know guidelines to follow, uh, you know. From a technology standpoint, are you seeing any new technology coming from either of these groups, or are they getting involved with any uh, uh, vendors or other businesses or DOTs or, or contractors? Are they merging together to look at different technologies?
0: Yeah, they're always, and they I, I think they've always been, some of those organizations have been on the forefront of that and bringing, you know, uh, ICRI is a perfect example when uh, they, they put on the, you know, world of concrete where, all these, you know, all the stakeholders in the industry gather together once a year, and all the new technology is rolled out, and you get to see what's in it, out there in the industry that maybe you didn't know that can help you do your job better, or you know, help your help your clients. And uh, so they're really at the the forefront of a lot of the newer technology. And and really, yeah, technology building materials there it's it's changing almost daily. You know, we're, we're seeing new materials on buildings that we've never seen before and different stones. And, and it, it, it it's right. great, but it also puts pressure on us as a manufacturer because we have to test our products on all these new materials to, to make sure that they, uh, you know, they're compatible and things, but, uh, yeah, it's uh it's an exciting time in the industry.
1: Yeah. And of course there's always a cost associated with that to different, uh, to different companies, but it's, it's a necessity you're right absolutely so uh let's talk about a few other things here uh let's start off with the advances in the production of construction materials and how this may relate to less product defects what are the key benefits to the industry yeah well
0: you you hit a big one right there you know uh, on product defects Uh, i mentioned before one of my first jobs uh was working on a production line uh when i was in high school at a at a paint factory and uh I would sit there and a conveyor belt would bring a pail uh, by me and I would pull a handle that put resin in that pail. And I'd, I'd watch the scale. And when it got to five and a half pounds, I shut it off and moved on to the next pail. And as you could imagine, you know, you're, you're sitting there doing that for hours at a time. You yeah. get burnt out or, you you know, you might miss a pail or one has three pounds and you have that human error element to it. Um, you know, you you look and that was 30 something years ago. I mean, now our plants and, you know, those in the industry are, you know, so automated and and it's come so far to take out some of that that human error component. So what we're seeing is a couple of things. One is a lot less uh, defects out in the industry, whether it's our company or any of our competitors out there, it's very rare that you see you know, defective materials show up on a job site because of all this technology. We have a lot of different, uh, you know, different measures and processes and and equipment that can prevent some of those errors. So uh, one, there's less product defect. And two, as we get more automation in these plants, the cost of these materials and manufacture them is, is going down. Now, with recent events yes there are a lot of raw material costs that are that are going up but as right. a general rule in the last few decades the cost of these materials have, has has lowered uh you know drastically and so that's a benefit for our installers that are buying the material it's a benefit for the the end user and uh you know it's it's really uh it, it's it's led to a lot of advances uh
1: yeah, I mean, is there any analytics on the percentage of product failure versus maybe an installation issue? I know that several years back, Watson Bowman did, you know, a little little market study, and we found that, you know, typically it was less than 2% of the time that we had a material actual issue or problem just because all the new technologies and advances you were talking about i remember like you were saying you started off uh bagging and stuff like that i when i first first started with watson bowman we bagged all our aggregate manually by hand and it was very labor intensive and very dusty mm-hmm. you know uh you, then you had to sew the bag as it went down the assembly line and then finally we switched over to uh automation and and moved forward uh, to buckets which was a, a great day for me because it saved my back but i mean just just the technology that i've seen it here right at my, in our company from the way we bag or move or handle or process a lot of our materials uh, is really improved 100%. But have you guys yeah. did ever that have you ever did like a, a study on what is the percentage for a product failure or issue and if and if you have what, what typically do you find is the issue?
0: yeah, it was and and I don't remember the exact numbers, but we did do a study uh you know in the last in the last decade uh using uh, the data from our claims process now we consider a claim when we get a complaint, and you know one of our tech service uh people will go out and investigate it and maybe we do testing of the material or something and we found that, that, you know, the the complaints that are reported to us and they're not always reported to us. Sometimes a local salesperson or representative takes, takes care of an issue in the field, but uh, the ones that are reported to us, even less than what you guys came up with. I mean, it was under 1%. um, And, you know, generally it's, something else, you know, not to throw contractors under the bus, but it's something that insulation or ambient conditions, or, I I mean, sometimes just the wrong product in the wrong place, you know, I mean, you've seen that. Um, but it's, it really is rare that we have a product defect. And I, and I think whether it's our company or, you know, the competitors out there, I think a lot of that has to do with these technologies that we've introduced into manufacturing to, to cut down on, you know, some of the, some of the errors in the production process,
1: you know? Yeah. So yeah, you led to some very good specifics for, uh, for product efficiencies, you know, packaging's a a big one lately, right? And then testing methods, are they getting better? Are they getting easier for, for the contractor or for the DOT or for the inspector outside inspecting services?
0: Uh, Oh yeah. It's, like the packaging you mentioned, I mean, you know, we're, the, the packaging is safer. It's, uh, it's lighter to carry, you know, with some of the, the, the new containers that they have rather than the old steel buckets. Yeah. Uh, they're easier to open. It saves, we actually did a, 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 it goes back and I don't have the exact numbers, but we timed how much an old metal pail with all those little, Lips on it, you know, with the oh, yeah. that are crimped. Yeah. Um, we measured how long it took uh, your typical installer to open one of those, and then multiplied that over a large project, and it was a sufficient amount of time uh, and labor just opening buckets. So now we have these yeah. zip strips; it makes it you know, uh, you know, seconds rather than minutes to open up some of the packaging. Uh, so that's one example. But there, you know, there are more more technologies, pouches, and things that. You know, uh, don't take up room in a in an installer's truck after a project when they're you know still up to the brim with buckets, pails, and and uh, drums and things. Now all this packaging that these little pouches they just crunk crink up and you know in a couple large garbage bags they have all their waste. You know, so uh, that saves cost and and uh, you know a lot of labor and cleaning buckets and things. So technology's helped there. Again, on the job site, you mentioned uh, you know testing and things. My for one of my first projects in the field was I was a, a coatings inspector on transmission towers and bridges, and dew point was we were again we were coating a lot of steel, and dew point was a, a critical uh, issue. You know, having having a, a moisture on your steel. Uh, so the industry always said. You don't want to coat unless your surface temperature is five degrees above the dew point. That that way, you know, no moisture is going to settle on the material or settle on your substrate. Okay. And to find the dew point, I used to have what's called a sling psychrometer and it had a wet bulb and a dry bulb. And I had to whip this thing over my head for, you know, like two or three minutes and then write down the calculations. And then I had this atmospheric table that I had to refer to and, and find what the wet uh, bulb and dry bulb was, and I could calculate the dew point. Now this is like a ten minute process just to, to get my dew point. Wow. And now we just pick up our phone, punch in yeah. our zip code on any weather app, and boom, we get we get the local dew point. So. I mean just that one thing it's and and that's just one of many uh tests uh you know the way technology has has helped our our industry and our inspectors and the you know the people out on the on the job site I mean what we're talking on right now our cell phones that's probably the biggest impact in our industry I mean we we can be in the field and watching an, an installation video, or uh, talk to an, an, an industry expert and you know show them on video our project. So we we can actually bring a, a technical expert to our jobs now, and it's 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 really uh, it's really exciting. And it, again, it, it helps all of us.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a lot of valid points, and I, I just want to get back to the the one issue while I'm thinking about it is. You know, we live in a a pretty big country here in the U.S. And, uh, you know, weather is a factor across the country at different geographic regions. And, you know, whether we're dealing with substrate or ambient temperature, uh, whether it's a cloudy day or too hot or too cold. Some of the new technologies that, you know, that you're seeing, uh, how is that? Improving, for example, I see in most cases the industry standards forty degrees Fahrenheit and rising for a lot of chemicals, but yet you know we do have some products that that work well below that,
0: right? And 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 really, I I think that's in my opinion. Again, this is just one man's opinion, but that that's where our industry is headed. You know, where the technology and and we're we're trying to get materials that cure faster. That cure under all these different ambient conditions because, like you said, it's a lot of these materials. You need forty degrees and rising, and you know that just shuts work down in a lot of parts of the country in in the mid fall. You know, Uh, so you know we're working, and our you know the 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 different manufacturers in the industry are working on those you know the cold cold weather formulas, and we we have a number of them uh, in our materials. Uh, whether it's an additive or a whole new material that can be used at those at those low temperatures, um, high temperatures the same thing. A lot of our fast curing materials we actually have slow versions of those, so we can use them down here in South Florida in the summertime, you know, and and have enough working time to be able to install them without uh, you know the material kicking in the bucket. So um, I, I think manufacturers are constantly trying to improve those because our, our installers are always in a, no, no fault of their own. They're under the gun and they're trying to get these projects uh, completed. Um, but they, you know, they're pushing the envelope on on materials uh, quite often. And, you know, it can lead to uh, issues in the field. So I think we have a responsibility as manufacturers to to, you know, to improve that any way we can. And hopefully, you know, lengthen the the work season for for a lot of these exterior projects, you know, without going through the hassle of tenting off an area and heating it up because it's, you know, because it's, uh, you know, 20 degrees outside or something, you know, it adds a lot of cost. And logistics and more room for error when you start you know having to build these contraptions and things so I I think we have uh, you know responsibility to the industry to try to uh, to to try to overcome or help our customers overcome some of those hurdles
1: yeah I mean it doesn't even have to be up in the cold regions right it can be just like where you are in Florida I mean you know in the summertime come two or three o'clock in the afternoon what does it do every day it rains right And with some products, whether you're putting a deck coating down or urethane-based material down or header, you better make sure that, uh, you know, you've got the science and the technology and the capabilities to come up with a material that can cure before that adverse weather moves in. And it will every day in Florida in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that, uh, you know, A, the they're not losing money, they're not losing time, and they don't have to redo that or get a call back. I mean, yeah, you might get some small issues here and there get caught in a thunderstorm or whatever, but it doesn't even have to necessarily be cold weather. It could just be hot weather, and that's where the tech now, a lot of great technology comes in that I've seen over the years trying to work around those different type of environments. You know, I, I wanted to ask sure. you about uh, another thing that coincides with that that I think is huge, Dave, is is – how the safety factor of this is related to a lot of this technology nowadays uh can you give us an example like i'll give you like you guys came out with the new dr aggregate can you can you kind of touch base on the technology about that
0: sure uh, and you know a lot of that is you know the the uh, the crystalline silica laws uh um, of people you know breathing in silica dust base, basically uh, and the health hazards associated with that so we started looking like how you know how can we help uh, diminish uh, some of these issues these safety issues so yeah we uh, we have uh, dr dust reduced versions of most of our bagged materials now are concrete repair so uh, compared to the old versions where you would, you know, uh, be wearing a dust mask and everything, but you're just surrounded by a big, you know, cloud of dust when you're mix- mixing up these materials. Uh, now, I mean, you still want to wear the proper PPE, but, uh, it's reduced considerably where you, you, you almost see no dust at all when you're mixing these materials. Uh, same thing with, you mentioned the DR aggregate Mm -hmm. and that's an aggregate that's thrown into some of our deck coatings to improve the slip resistance. Uh, even those in the past, you know, you'd be throwing those aggregates and a big cloud of dust, uh, you know, is over your material. It's not good for the material. It's Mm -hmm. not good for the, for the individual that's broadcasting. So, um, yeah, we've spent, uh, we've, we've spent a considerable, uh, Amount of resources coming up with dust-reduced versions of any of those materials that previously, you know, pro- produced dust in, on the job site.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I've been on some job sites with, in the old days, and it looks like a a Mach five hazmat team was out there. Mixing, <laughs> you know what I mean? With all the, all the <laughs> yeah, exactly. and stuff they had, on. and for a good reason, I guess. This podcast has two parts. This is part one of part two on new technology in the construction industry. I want to take a moment to thank you for listening to a Life in Construction podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe so that we can continue to deliver your relevant construction industry content. we covered a lot of material today in this episode. And for those of you who want to dig even deeper, please visit us at our website at wbacorp.com for this episode's show notes. Until next time, I'm John Manning, and be safe.